Four warning flags that you need to be aware of about content localization with Iseline Muhiser. InSearch SEO Podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Does your website offer translated, localized versions of content targeting different countries around the world? If so, you need to be aware of a few warning flags that may mean that your localized content isn't performing as well. That's what we're going to be discussing today with an international SEO consultant who prefers one-to-one discussions to hanging out at conferences. She's the co-founder and co-host of the SEO Nerd Switzerland community and founder and host of the podcast and job board Work in SEO. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Iseline Moheiser. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Hey, Iseline. Great to have you on. Well, you can find uh, Iseline over at um, pilia.ch. I pronounced that correctly, didn't I? Yes, that's correct. That's great. Okay, great stuff. Yeah, P-I-L-E-A dot C-H. So, um, Iseline, why is content localization such a challenge? Mostly because... People, they take lots of time to create content and optimize the number first language, which I usually call the original language. And then they think that because they spend so much time optimizing that part of the website, it's going to be easy for the rest. But they Mm. forget that actually you can't fix that with hreflang tags and you're actually going to have to dig into the content. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you can, of course, just translate. Um, uh, I'm reminded of a few <laughs> stories from uh, Michael Bonfils, uh, who's really good at um, international SEO as well. And he talks about um, you need to really get someone locally in there who completely understands the idioms as well as the language itself. Um, so the informal phraseology that is likely to be used in another language as opposed to just di- direct translations. Uh, I see you're nodding and agreeing with that there. Yeah, I'm 100% agreeing with this indeed. Well, today you're sharing four warning flags to be aware of about content localization. So starting off with number one, KPIs for translated language are significantly lower. This is one of the main reasons why people come to me. Most of the time they don't say it that way. They say, oh, I need uh, keyword research. But very often, I mean, the money is the trigger. So basically they come to me because they see that it's not my making as much money as they expected when they launched a new language. And for the ones who come to me um, without having a clear view of the KPI of the translated language, I'm asking them to really have separate dashboards. So for me, that's the first thing you should um, have separate dashboards for the different languages. And if you have a separate dashboard inside Google Analytics, you're talking about. Yes. I mean, well, I would say not only Google Analytics, but any also the search console. So I would say a data studio dashboard or whatever you're using. But you should separate the languages and also in case the languages has several countries and you're targeting one country, so French for France, also separate um, the country, like filter the data. So usually this is the first flag is where you see that 
UKPIs are significantly lower. And when I say significantly lower, also keep in mind that there is a proportions of the population. So if you like in Switzerland, the French part is 20% of the people. So basically they are lower, but you have to to take into account that there are less people. So when I see when I say significantly lower, do not look at absolute number, but filter the data and like look at smart numbers, like think about how many people's like how big is your target? Because obviously if it's smaller than your first language, obviously it's going to be lower, but how significant is it? So are you also talking about significantly lower from a conversion rate perspective? So um, if you just translate your site into another language, you should actually expect lower conversion rates. Well, no, that's the thing is very often people focus on translating the content of the website and they think about the articles and the content like on the page, on the on page, but they forgot about the architecture content. And very often buttons, for instance, if I, in, in English, you have lots of verb and noun that are interactive and which are the same, like search or look. And in French or in German, this would be two different words. So the thing is, if a human is not looking at the translation, you might end up having on your button the the noun, which is not interactive. So like very often the button, they don't have this intention of the user doing an action because, because, because like the machine did it because someone translated the contents but did not translate the actual ac- architecture and the button and the links. So the, the in, what I call the interaction language is missing. So this is one of the things you ha- you need to check that, of course, everything that is typically SEO works well. Like in the search console, you have the right keywords indexed for the right pages and so and so. But also, are people actually converting? Because that's the other thing. Sometimes you can have visibility, but you struggle to have the actual money, the, the conversion. So you need to think about the content that's going to drive traffic, but also the content that is not driving traffic, but is helping to convert and to basically get get money in, in, in your company. And very often this content is forgotten. So I mean the button, the buttons, everything that's interactive mm. on a website is important, but also, and that's very important, everything about um, the conditions of an activity, especially on e-commerce websites, the conditions and the FAQ and these kind of things, which do not attract traffic, they are not well translated and people lack trust because like you read FAQ and you don't understand what are the conditions, mm-hmm. like you are not converting. So, so that's two things, really looking at the KPI and also not forgetting everything that's not I would say properly SEO because not attracting traffic, but nevertheless very important for the business. Okay, so a blend of UX here as well. Uh, so if I have an English-speaking website and I want a presence in the French-speaking part of Switzerland, what would be the best way of go about doing it in a, in a, in a reasonably cost-efficient way, but also trying to ensure that um, 
the website actually converts once it's translated and, 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 and localized, I, sh- I should say, rather than translated. Um, are there specialist firms to go to? Is it sufficient to use an outsourced website like Upwork to actually find someone locally in that country to check things over? Definitely. So you have basically, I would say, um, four level of works. So you have the actual translation that can be done with the robots or that can be done with the human. You can optimize your translation with an SEO, just by like really um, adding keywords and stuff. And then you have the copywriting step where you have an actual human localizing the language. Obviously, having a human, a copywriter doing the work is going to be expensive. So the first thing you have to do is organize all of your URL and your content in order of priority. And you need you need a plan because probably you're not going to be able to localize everything at once. But what you need is, is a plan like over 12 or 20 months to know what you're doing and not randomly localizing some parts of the website, but really starting, I would say, first thing what you should do is checking if you have an e-commerce, like what is the most important category for that market? There is probably that if you have an e-commerce, like not all products are going to have the same kind of potential uh, for return on investment for that market in terms of the competition you have in the country. So check what's the most important product and start with the high investment for this product. And you can do some lower investment either with a machine or a translator for the other products and plan to do the localization for the other products like on, sev- on several steps. But then it means that you can have a really good overview of your expected return on investments and really manage the expectations of the stakeholders and telling them, okay, this is what you invested for this product. That's what you can expect. This is what you invested for these products. So don't expect too much about this. And number two of your warning flags is website receives traffic from, an, from another country that's not in your intended market. So I guess, how do you identify that and what do you do about it? Yeah, that's another uh, reason why people contact me, especially, um, for instance, when you have two languages spoken in two countries and the cost of the work is very different between the countries. We have this between France and Switzerland. So it might be tempting to ask for a French person to work on the content for a Swiss website. But the thing is, very often what happens is you attract traffic for France which is not to market because your price are set according to the Swiss market. See what I mean? So it means yeah. that people are going to check your website, but they're not going to buy because there are cheaper alternatives in the country. So that's a big flag that you can see also in your KPI. Like if you filter the country in French and, and you see that when you filter out the countries that you're not interested in, well, you don't have that much traffic. That's a big red flag that your content is not localized. And number three, you're asked, uh, you're asking to translate keyword research. Why is that an issue? People really ask me, oh, can you translate this keyword research? And mostly my, my answer is, if you need to translate to keyword research, ask a translator and export the data from href. You don't need an SEO specialist to translate a keyword research. 
But if you want to know about the opportunities in this country, then I can do for your keyword research and apply it to your topics and do a URL mapping for your website. So don't ask to translate. You don't need an SEO specialist to translate to keyword research because that's going, an SEO specialist is usually more expensive than a translator. So mostly decide if you want a SEO to look at the opportunity that you can later apply to um, your topics and your blog posts and your URL. Or if you want a SEO specialist to just find the best possible alternative for this URL. Or if you want a specialist to translate like a content brief, but don't ask to translate a keyword search. The risk, if you just translate a keyword search, like when I translate, my process is different. When I translate, I look for the better alternative and I provide an alternative, even though the search volume might not be interesting. And I let on the sides of the topics that are interesting in my country, but are not existi existing on the current website. When I do a keyword search, I look for all opportunities and I can flag, oh, like this is a topic in Switzerland which doesn't exist on your website yet. So it would be interesting for you to create content, even though this content is not meant for your original language. So the, the process are very different and the deliverable as well are very different. So basically, I advise any SEO specialist to not agree on translating a keyword research because I have seen that it creates issues in the client's expectations because then they check and they're like, oh, there was this opportunity and you didn't tell me. And I'm like, yeah. yes, because you asked me to translate and I translated. Ab so absolutely. I guess just translating is a massive um potential issue because you're not necessarily identifying every single keyword phrase that's relevant for that local market. Exactly. And that's the thing I see very often in Switzerland is that people tend to think that um, content should be the same in both languages. They tend to think that you have content in German and you should translate the same in French. But actually you can have similar but different content in both languages. There's no reason why you can't add a paragraph for the French audience in French that is not translated and relevant in the German content. I mean, if your audience needs that, just provide it if it's relevant in, in the topic, even though it's, it's not existing in the original language, that's totally okay. Good point. Yeah, it's not just for search engines, it's for, for actual people as well. They're, they're, they're much more important than search engines sometimes, a lot of the time. Number four, your fourth warning flag is the customer support receives significantly more requests in a language compared with the original language. Yeah, this is an often forgotten thing, is that if you, if you think only on your KPIs, on your dashboards, and you forget about the actual work of your teams internally, especially again for, for e-commerce that, that comes very often. Um, because this is, at the end of the day, the, the time you, your employees spend answering questions and regularly the same questions, it's 
time you invest and time you pay for. So if you can some way or another reduce the time invested to answer the people and provide better information, it's going to be like sparing for your company. So check um, if the customer supports for e-commerce websites, a very classical thing for Switzerland, again, is that the customer support receives lots of questions about, oh, Switzerland is not actually Europe. Is it going to be the same conditions for the delivery and the return that the European countries or not? Basically, if you answer this question all the time, it means that something is missing in the FAQ or in the conditions. So... It, this can be another flag. It's not 100% SEO, but it's also something I recommend to look at because at the end of the day, I think I'm an SEO consultant, but I'm also a consultant here to help you make more money or like save some money or, you know. So should every set of FEQs also have a search box above them so that um, if you're seeing people type in certain queries that aren't included in the FEQ, that's probably a good indication that you should be writing about that. I'm not always a fan of the search box on the website because very often people rely on Google to do the search within a website. And they're mm -hmm, going to mm -hmm. type a, a keywords like delivery, FAQ, brand name. And they're going to type that in Google. So I think this is something you can also see in the search console if you have lots of requests for this type of keywords. Okay, okay, good tip. So let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? Prioritize. Oh, let me say that Prioritization. <laughs> prioritizing the url basically strategize which url are most important because then you know exactly what you're doing this is going to take you maybe two hours of url depends on how big the website is but yeah. ordering the url is going to take you some time at the beginning of the project but it's going to save you some time throughout the whole project so is this um Referring to canonicalization as well, and actually deciding which which version is canonicalized. No, I meant um, prioritization um, for <laughs> choosing for choosing either if it's a basic translation, optimized translation, or copywriting translation. Right. Okay. 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 Um, and would you do that by traffic by projected ROI? Is there any way to actually decide on which URLs to actually spend the effort on to actually get the humans translating those pages? On the, I would base that on the opportunity of the market crossed with the most important product of the company. So it should be a, a project the company does well, but it should also be a project the market needs. So there is a good fit of what you can do and what's the offer is, you know, what the demands, what you actually offer and what the demands is. Superb stuff. Well, I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Isaline Mulhazer over at pilia.ch. Isaline, thanks so much for being on the InSearch SEO podcast. Thanks a lot, David, for having me. It was a pleasure. And congrats also for all the wonderful podcasts you have on this series because I've seen um, lots of 
friends and community members of the Women in Tech SEO. And that's made me also very happy to see that. Superb. Well, long may it continue. Thanks a lot. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. Hey.